Good morning, Crossview. My name is Sandy Asker, and I'm one of the pastors here. And I want to say happy Advent again to those of you who are in the room who joined us and for those of you who are online. We've been studying the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus' vision for a new humanity, a new way of living. He is setting the course for us, and he himself is the course. He invites us all, even those we don't expect, to be part of this kingdom. We've been in the Sermon on the Mount to the beginning, since the beginning of October. Isn't that crazy? Although I'm calling December 2020 the second November because it kind of feels like November out there, right? Jesus has mentioned prayer twice already in the Sermon on the Mount. This is going to be the third time that he visits this topic. And that's where we are today. Carrie Rodman, uh, it's so funny when we do these things and we have a testimony and then I'm prepping my sermon and then I listen to the testimony and I hear similar themes. So you're going to hear me repeat some of the same things that Carrie was saying today. We're also going to try something different today. We, uh, I have my laptop out, I have my phone out, not because I'm also trying to find like good cyber deals or something at the last minute, although if that happens, please text me. But uh, we are going to invite you guys, whether you're in the room or if you're online, to get on your devices and give me feedback, give comments, ask questions, give answers to the questions that I'm going to ask. Well, I already asked this week on social media, and I had a few people respond to this question. Why do you pray? One person said, I need hope. Another one said, why not? <laughs> that was clever. Another friend from high school actually said, it allows God's love to travel and create connection. Connection to me, to others, and to the world. I thought that was thoughtful. Another person said, God hears me no matter what I'm praying. And then someone else said, I believe that God answers me. So you who are listening today, why do you pray? What brings you to your knees? And perhaps ask yourself if you don't pray, why not? Today I hope that you see that prayer is a part of this kingdom, this new way of living that Jesus is offering us. It can give us hope. We can see that elsewhere in the scriptures. And yes, he listens, as my friend says. And Jesus also has a few other things. So we're going to be in Matthew 7 today, starting at verse 7. Jesus says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And, the one, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, would you give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will you give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, will your father in heaven give you good gifts to those who ask him? My sister, Pastor Libby, is down the hall preaching on the same passage, and we've been discussing this for a few weeks. And just on Friday, as we were talking about our final comments, we said, man, it just feels so simple, doesn't it? Ask and you'll receive. Like, what do we even need to say about this? And then we talked about a few friends that we know who are facing challenges. And we thought of all of the questions that come after we read this seemingly simple passage. What about when God doesn't always give us what we're asking for? When we're looking and we're not finding the answer? When the doors sometimes seem to slam shut, not open? 
We could talk about how sometimes there are parents out there who don't love their kids well, and they are giving stones and snakes. Sometimes there are people out there that hear that God is a father, and because of their own relationship with their dad, right, it just doesn't resonate happy thoughts. There are those of us we know around the world who are truly suffering. They don't have what they need. They don't have enough. And even when we think about praying in line with God and his will, like we talk about in the Lord's Prayer, what about the injustices in the world? We know God doesn't want that. Why are those continuing? Well, unfortunately, the problem of evil is not a question that I am going to address full-heartedly today. What I am going to say is this passage points us to some things that we can hold on to even in the face of those questions. Jesus is saying that God is here. God is listening. And God is talking to us. I know that when we do need things and we're aware of it, God is the one to pursue. When we are aware of what we need, we know that God is the source of all of the things that we truly do need. Think back to some of the topics we've covered over the last three months. Some of them have been quite challenging, like let's say lust or divorce, uh, unforgiveness, loving our enemies, praying and giving and fasting, being salt and light in this world. Man, when I think about the things that we've covered, <laughs> we were joking about it a little bit, like, oh good, we get to talk about prayer today. Woo, kind of a like, wipe your brow, because it has been some hard passages. When we're faced with those teachings from Jesus, doesn't it seem natural then to discuss prayer? Sometimes when I'm faced with hard challenges, I will admit that I do a lot of other things than prayer. How about you? Uh, sometimes when I'm anxious, I find that I want to organize. So I'll reorganize my pantry, or I'll wipe the countertops really good, or I'll go in my closet and start purging because I find I need to create order somewhere, right? When other things feel out of order. We've been talking about anxiety recently. We've been talking about getting rid of the planks in our eye. We've been talking about being generous in the time of Christmas. And Jesus suggests that we go to God, our Heavenly Father, who loves to give us good gifts. When we go to these other things, sometimes I think about, wait, I know that God exists. I know these good things about him. Why am I, why am I tempted to go elsewhere? Sometimes I think it's because I have a skewed vision of who God really is. Or maybe I've prayed before and I haven't gotten what I've wanted from God and so I don't really want to go back. Again, we talked about sometimes we have these earthly parents who are really not great representatives of what parents should be. And so when we think about God being a great parent, it's like we have no reference point for that and it literally doesn't make sense to us. So when I think about who God is and how Jesus has, has described God in the Sermon on the Mount, these are some things that I saw as I just skimmed through it. Jesus at the very beginning, do you remember the Beatitudes? Jesus said, God blesses these different kinds of people, the ones maybe we don't often think about as blessed, the meek, people who are poor in spirit, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And it's striking me, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness are because maybe they realize they are not righteous <laughs> and they need more of it. 
We've read in the Sermon on the, that, the Sermon on the Mount that God is the one who is the judge. He's the perfect one. He can see us when we are in those private places. He sees us. He knows us intimately. It says that God is the one who forgives. God is the one who rewards us. God values us, and he knows what we need. And in this passage today, Jesus tells us that God wants to give us good gifts. Now, you could spend all of 2021, if you need a new goal for 2021, okay? What if we looked at scripture simply with the question, who is God? What does this passage tell me about who God is? Often our experiences with humans and even Christmas can leave us with a skewed vision of who God is. On a lighter note, I thought I would read a Calvin and Hobbes. Oh, that's fun. Did it move? It's fine. Okay, it just moved a little bit. Calvin and Hobbes, anybody? Do you guys remember Calvin and Hobbes? Yes. Okay, we get the books, right, from the library boys. So here's a Calvin and Hobbes cartoon for you today. Calvin's talking with his best tiger pal, Hobbes, okay? They're walking in the woods, and Calvin says, they say that Santa knows if you've been good or bad, but what if someone's been like sort of both? I mean, suppose a kid has really tried to be good, like really tried, at least, you know, like most of the time, but like bad things inexplicably kept happening. Sometimes, suppose some kid just had terrible luck and he got blamed for a lot of things that he only sort of did on purpose. Well, Hobbes responds, now, who exactly are we talking about? And Calvin says, this is a purely hypothetical case, Mr. Smarty Pants. Now, when you think about Santa, Christmas, kiddos, what do the songs tell us? He sees you when, you, when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good, so be good for goodness sakes, exactly. And isn't that sometimes how we view God? Man, if I'm just good enough, maybe then I'll get the good gifts. But what about when, like, it's just inexplicably, inexplicably, I can't say the word today, that word. Things just keep happening. <laughs> and I'm really trying to be good, God, but, like, these things keep happening to me. It is hard to be good all the time, isn't it? Impossible, frankly. And if the Sermon on the Mount has taught us nothing, as Carrie said, as 2020 has taught us nothing, if the Sermon of the Mount has taught us nothing, perhaps it's taught us that we are not perfect. And this way of living that Jesus has laid out for us truly is impossible. On our own, it's impossible. How we view God can affect our prayer life. So I'm hoping that as we study scripture, as we preach, as you guys are in small groups, as you experience Christmas, that we would work hard and ask God in prayer to reveal who he really is to us. I think that that is one of the keys to prayer. The scripture says, ask, seek, and knock. Two of those words, ask and seek, in the root form in Greek, it actually also means crave. I love that word, crave. Think about all the things you crave at Christmas. Magic, right? Lights. Snow. <laughs> those of us in Mankato, there's none of that yet. Think about when you know what you're craving like, that's kind of all you can think about, right? And that's where you're driving. That's where your focus is. When I am aware of my need, 
I think about all the things I clutch at, the things that I think I'm craving, but they don't really satisfy. Jesus invites us to pray because he prayed. Oftentimes in scripture it says, Jesus woke up early in the morning and he went off by himself to pray. And as I've studied this this week, I've wondered, what are they talking about? (laughs) What's Jesus praying about? How is he spending time with God? These words, ask, seek, and knock, it's not ask and then you're done. It's not do it once and then, you're, then it's over. The kind of uh, verb that it is, is it's an ongoing invitation. Jesus didn't just pray once. He kept doing it. And he invites us to do the same. Now again, there's so many questions about the bad things in the world and why do they happen that way. I also think with prayer, we've also been told that God knows what we need in the Sermon on the Mount. It says that he wants to give me good gifts. So why should I pray? <laughs> like, If God's really good, even, why should I pray? Can't I just like trust that he's going to do what he's going to do, right? He's God. I can't thwart his will anyway. So we came aqua- across this quote by Ross McCall. I actually don't even know who he is, but one of the pastors found this, and I thought it was helpful. It says, if you see prayer merely as a means of taking some level of control of your life and the world as a means of leverage, then you will inevitably be troubled by what appears to be unanswered prayer. But if you see prayer primarily as an ongoing conversation with God, then you'll realize there's really no such thing as an unanswered prayer. Now, no judgment or shame on those of us, but I am a control freak. And I can see sometimes how I can use prayer as a leverage to try to get what I want. And I love the encouragement that prayer instead could be this ongoing conversation with God. It reminds me of the Lord's Prayer. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done, right? Not mine. God, what do you want? That's ultimately what Jesus invites us to with the Lord's Prayer. So just a few practical Uh, questions. And again, feel free to throw in here what uh, comments or questions. I've got some of my things here. Oh yeah, nice. Yes, it is an important discipline. Speaking of discipline, I find, how do I pray? I am a busy uh, person. I'm not great at sitting still in my quiet closet. You know, some people are great at this with their spiritual disciplines. I find that one of the ways that I pray best is when I'm doing something. So I have a habit of getting up early in the morning. Some people in the room are like this. You get up early, it's dark, it's quiet, and whether you're with friends or not really, it's a great time to pray. Uh, I found the other day when I was struggling to do my squats, I literally recited the Lord's Prayer in my mind per like line, per set, you know what I mean? per rep. Sometimes when I drive and I decide to turn off the radio is a great time to pray. Brian had a habit when he lived in Bemidji and was driving to Duluth. He'd pray through certain counties, right? That was like his discipline. The counties up there, by the way, sometimes are very long and sometimes very short, right? You knew where they were. Sometimes when I don't know how to pray, I need help. And so I pray the songs that I love or I'll look in scripture or we go to the Lord's Prayer, right? It gives us some structure. 
I also find that I pray better with other people. I'm an extrovert. And so, little side note here, 6.30 on Wednesdays, we have a prayer meeting and we gather on Zoom. This past week, Brian and I did something different. We have a list of all of you who have called Rosa Parks home and we started praying for you by name. We have a habit of praying with our kids at night and we talk about what we're thankful for. We talk about, God, thank you for helping us do this right thing today. And God, I confess I did this thing wrong today. And then we pray for someone or something for the next day. Sometimes community or being with someone else keeps you accountable and helps you pray. And, of course, it is also important to have those quiet spots, those times when I'm sitting at breakfast before everyone else is awake and I'm praying, having my journal, just going to God. So what about you? How do you pray? What motivates you to pray? How are you connected to God in this season? All right. So now I'm going to look at the chat here. If you guys have comments or questions specifically about what I'm saying, and I'm going to read a few, th- a few through here. Yeah, God alone brings satisfaction. Isn't that an important reminder, y'all, as we're about to Christmas? We think that we are going to have the best decorations, or we're going to get together with our family, or we have these expectations for Christmas, and man, you guys, this year, we're not going to have all the things that we expect, are we? And so to remember that God really is the source of all we need. And yes, having a conversation with God. If we're going to have a relationship with someone, you have conversations, right? (laughs) You're going to interact with them. And so for some people, they may have had an experience in church where they made a commitment, they got confirmed, they were baptized, or even they go on Sundays, but then the rest of the week, they don't really have a conversation. That's, That's a tough relationship, right? Yes. Praying through the Psalms. Do you guys know we have a whole book in the Bible that are essentially prayers? Now, I will say that some of the times, the people writing the prayers, what they're praying, I would not always say is how God wants us to pray. (laughs) Sometimes it's emotional or they pray things that I'm not sure are God's will, but the prayers are this amazing insight into essentially someone's prayer life. Most of the time, the Psalms are directed in the right direction at God. And there might be lists of all these things are going wrong, but at the end of the Psalm, there's this acknowledgement that God truly is the source of what we need. Yes, so if you're ever struggling, if you have your Bible, you literally open it up to the middle, you're likely going to hit one of the Psalms. Yes, somebody else said, I love praying scripture. Sometimes it's hard to know how to pray for others. And so Paul, in his writings in the New Testament, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, or Colossians, you open up to one of those letters, and oftentimes at the beginning of the letter or the end of the letter, he prays for his church. And so some of those are great uh, guidelines for us. Somebody else used the word obedience. I think that there is a level of uh, us reading the Sermon on the Mount and sometimes just saying, okay, I got to work on that. (laughs) I might not understand it. I might not be good at this. But God is calling us to it, and we need to obey, right? Am I missing any any of the other ones? So it's interesting. As we have joined Crossview, we have been uh, introduced to the Advent conspiracy. Maybe some of you guys have heard this or you've done it before. It's really uh, a devotional way of looking at Christmas. There are resources left and right on the website for you and your families. But it really invites us to four practical things. Number one is worship fully. One is spend less, I'm sorry, two is spend less, 
Three is being intentional. And fourth, it's loving all. We're going to show a video in just one minute about this, but I wanted to link this sermon about prayer to the Advent conspiracy and to the last verse that's in our section. Matthew 7, verse 12 says, So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Jesus has been talking about in the Sermon on the Mount how we love one another, man, over and over and over again. That's the second greatest commandment. The first greatest commandment is that we would love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, and mind. So when you think about the Sermon on the Mount, it really could live under that umbrella of those two first commandments. And as we think about prayer and how do we respond to prayer, Advent Conspiracy actually gives us some really specific ways of worshiping fully. What does it look like to help my prayer life be more of a worshipful experience? When I think about spending less, Brian and I have been talking and praying about, hey, what are we going to give to the Christmas Eve offering? We're going to give an offering to the Partners for Affordable Housing. We've had some other opportunities to do donations at this year end. And asking God, Lord, what would you have me give? The third one is that we would be intentional, not just giving money or gifts at this season, but with our time. I think about Christmas Eve. We have neighbors that I know don't have church homes, and I want to invite them to come to church. And if I do that, I can get candles for them and drop it off. We can have watch parties. We can still invite and encourage others to come and connect with us. And lastly, Advent Conspiracy invites us to love all. And as I think about prayer, it's not just about praying about me and my needs or what I think is important to me, but it's also considering as we interact with others and know what they need, that we would pray right away. That when we get a text and says, hey, can you pray? That I would respond with a prayer and not just an, okay, I'll pray. And that prayer is also one of the things that can connect us. So we have an Advent conspiracy out there, kiddos. This is actually geared towards you, but as always, I think we can all learn something from this. So may we worship him more fully this season and responding in prayer and considering partnership with the Advent conspiracy.